0: Welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. I'm your host, Sammy here with my co-hosts Ezgi and Sofia, as always. Today we're going over season one, episode four of The Protector, which was awesome. I love a montage and I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about it. First, obviously, we're going to talk about what tea we're drinking. I'm having a iced tea from really, really crappy Lipton that's been brewed probably over a week ago, but it's still delicious because it's really hot here. What about you guys?
1: I'm having mint tea just because. <laughs> just because
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> enough said. Well, I'm <laughs> having I'm having black tea just because, but it's but my, my wrinkle this week is it's straight. You know, the tea bag is straight in my cup. No, oh no. No double. Yeah, I didn't do anything fancy. I'm very minimalistic today. So, supermarket tea bag and hot water in my mug. Nothing Turkish about it.
0: What's Sorry. the name of the double brewer thing?
2: I mean, in Turkish, it's çaydanlık. I, don yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just call it double, double kettle in English. Yeah, I don't think
0: there's a real name for it in English. <laughs> yeah.
2: It also just confuses everyone whoever, who sees it and has never <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: been to Turkey. They're like, how does that even brew tea? <laughs> Sorry. I <That's great. laughs> can't tell you.
0: It's too complicated. <laughs> All right. So now Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this episode.
1: Okay. So, this episode was actually kind of exciting, but kind of intriguing in the way that it kind of got to a climax in a lot of the sexual tension. Climax is a on. word
0: for it, yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> this love triangle is getting more and more interesting. Heating up. Um, <laughs> but basically, this episode, just to summarize it a little quickly begins with hakan and zeynep visit her boss the professor in order to find out more information about where they could find the jewelry in sinan's building and she covers him up saying that he's just like this other friend of hers that's doing his thesis on sinan but the professor is kind of jealous hakan's kind of like oh i can sense the sexual tension between (laughs) zeynep and the professor Which I don't think is that evident. I think, like, clearly there's some drama added in in making that tension, in theory, more evident than it actually is. And then we see them go to find this, like, find this building that the professor had pointed out, and turns out that there's nothing there. So they have to leave, although there's this whole kind of, like, montage about them having kind of like a little flirty interaction where they play a couple in order to fool the security guard that's there. And basically what they do is they kind of like pretend they're a couple. Basically they fool the guy, whatever. There's no jewelry in the building, so they're screwed. And they take like funny selfies together. And so then basically Hakan has to go to his first work event where it's the launch of the Hagia Sophia partnership. And he's doing security for the event, as that's his role in the company. And basically, Mazar, like, says, okay, your role is just to listen. Like, this is your first event that you're at. So, like, don't try and be, like, the good guy or whatever. Which <laughs> he does, eventually. <laughs> so, we see that also, like, this guy's hitting on Layla, And he's kind of, like, trying to be, like, oh, let me just, like... In a very kind of I guess professional way, get this guy away from from Layla. And Layla's like, "You don't need to do that. I'm fine by myself. I don't need your help." And so basically, they have this whole interaction, although there's kind of tension. Then Zaynev shows up to the event, which Layla had invited her when he when she met up with with Hakan when he was trying on his suit for the event. Sorry, I forgot that detail beforehand. So Layla had kind of invited her in a very kind of aggressive way. Like from the beginning, it's set up as like they have tension. Personally, I don't find any explanation for that tension. I mean, other than they want to make drama for like this love triangle. But there really isn't a reason for them to hate one another, I think. And so they're at this event, he's flirting with Layla, etc. Turns out that this man so remember a few episodes ago that Mazar killed Faisal Be's. You know, rival. So what ended up happening is that this rival's son is very distressed about his father having disappeared. So he goes to this event and basically tries to kill Faisal Bey. At which point, Hakan actually notices, is able to like thwart the attempt, becomes the hero of the night, and. Basically, at the end of the night, there he has to make a choice between Zeynep and, and Leila. Because Zeynep, on her own, kind of found out where she thinks the stone of the ring is hidden. But clearly, Hakan prioritizes, you know, flirting and hanging out with Leila, with, with whom he previously had like a kind of intimate conversation on the balcony, beautiful view of the Bosphorus, very romantic environment. So he stays with her, and and they share a kiss, and you know they're. Kind of having their flirty thing and then we go back to Zeynep arriving to to her father's house turns out that Kemal was unfortunately attacked by some guy that was stalking him outside the pharmacy we don't know what happened to him um my my notes say please don't kill Kemal like no more killing of <laughs> him, but basically we're left in a cliffhanger um but Zeynep arrives she's trying like she notices that her, something's wrong But this guy, like, anticipates her moves and is able to disarm her. And that's kind of, like, where the episode ends. I don't know, guys, if I missed anything.
0: Just the... Extremely creepy Mazar, like self-flagellating.
2: Yo, well, what is with
1: that
2: these was villains?
0: Bizarre.
2: Like all these kind of like religiously or supernaturally villains in movies and TV shows are really into the self-flagellation. It, it reminded Dan me Dan of Brown. the yes, I-, I wrote that down. <laughs> so it's like, like and me Da Vinci Code. Like, yeah, the exactly.
0: <laughs> that was. Super bizarre, and then he uh gives Tekken the briefcase with 100 grand in it. As one does, promptly goes <laughs> boom when he opens it. So goodbye, Tekken.
1: Yeah, had a good uh,
0: Good riddance.
1: Wait, how did I miss that? <laughs> I don't know. A small, no, minor explosion of <laughs> death,
0: giant bomb, car bomb, but you know, it's fine.
2: <laughs> oh, shit. I do want to pose the question. Because Masada is our leading, like, immortal candidate at the moment, just from all the how, how it's framed in the show. Yeah. Homie had scars from the, the self-flagellation. Would mm-hmm. an immortal have scars? I don't know. I mean, I do know, but I don't know.
1: I guess so. <laughs> I also... I mean, I just thought the self-flagellation was very strange. Like, I did not understand what was the point of it. Just well, to make it him kind
0: curious. of like flashed on those pictures of like maybe like a wife and child or something along oh, yeah. those lines so I was like maybe he's punishing himself this is a quite a leap for the deaths of his wife and child and then that made me think well he can't be the immortal because like that would be really weird that he was like sad about his dead family if you're immortal you've got a lot of dead families or no families I don't know. So that was weird, but then Faisal, we also learned, has someone called Ruya in his yep. past that we don't really know what the story was, but he seemed very sad about her. So I don't know.
1: Yeah, he was mysterious about that. I, I kind of thought he was gonna hit on Layla right when they had that conversation. Yeah,
0: that was.
2: Like she was so sexualized this whole episode. It was really weird.
0: Yeah. If my like, boss was talking to me about how I needed to date more, like, yeah, like that is you. so inappropriate and weird. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I had a few notes on like when Leila was weirdly objectified, not even weirdly, just objectified. It's not a weird thing at all for a woman to be objectified at it, to be honest. Um, happens happens a lot. Yeah, the that whole conversation with Faisal I wrote down, I was like, what the hell? and then her getting hit on at the party by that creepy guy like creepy random guest yeah which sophia i think already mentioned in her recap and then i don't know hakan seems like to constantly be salivating over her oh yeah around all around her which i don't know i mean i guess it's not unwanted attention on her part since they get it on but still it's just like this whole episode slash this whole show she's been just kind of an object of desire yeah and and that kind of attention which is a shame because she's you know one of the two at this point leading ladies and seems like she's gonna get even more important so for them to reduce her to just kind of a a plot device slash sex object is very disappointing
0: agreed yeah and especially when we know so little about her like that we don't know anything about her basically yeah So that's the only thing we know. Mm -hmm. Um, So just to back it up a little bit, we can maybe start at the beginning and banter our way through to Mm -hmm. keep some order to this thing.
2: Banter is not meant to be orderly.
0: (laughs) We learned that the immortal and the protector are like drawn to each other in some sort of magnet configuration, so they'll always kind of go get near to each other as time goes on. So that. Is super interesting and means that, as I'm sure we all assumed, the immortal is probably in our lives already mm-hmm. in the show.
2: It does make me wonder when Kemah said that, that like, I mean, Hakan isn't a boy, like, he's in his mid to late 20s, I'm guessing. I mean, the actor is, so I'm guessing the character is too. So, I guess, what's taken so long for them to start pulling at each other? Like, mm-hmm. is it. Is it just they, they were waiting for him to... Well, one, the immortal wasn't really active, I guess, until very recently. That was one thing. And the other thing is Hakan didn't know about his status, didn't, hadn't worn the shirt, et cetera.
0: Yeah, he hadn't really, recently. like, activated.
2: Yeah, so it must be... I mean, that makes sense if we think of it as an activation, Then it must be that simply doing that has kind of kicked things into high gear because they were able to fend off the immortal without but basically laying low for this long so I guess that that was the point of no return though was putting the shirt on
0: yeah and also I mean I don't know who the immortal is but he definitely was drawn to that building and that um, and Faisal yeah before the show started so that could be like a manifestation of that Mm -hmm. Um, that's a good point I liked the suit shop scene looks good in a suit oh yeah yeah. and the ladies fighting over him was pretty funny I mean I felt like like Zaynep is just always rude to everyone that she meets but Layla seemed to take it personally and was really rude right back so yeah that devolved really quickly those were
2: such petty comments for as we've already said literally no reason like why are you guys so toxic to each other
0: yeah
1: I I, honestly like I feel like it's, it's just women being shitty to each other over a man for yeah. the sake of the book. When there's, like, no reason for them to hate each other. Like, okay. she's like, oh, you're probably just, a- what did she say, like, history? I prefer to live in the future. Yeah, or that was something. so stupid. I yeah, literally wrote I roll"
2: weird. in my notes. So I was like, <laughs> like who does not know? That's so tacky. You wouldn't even say that just in the casual conversation. Yeah. Ew.
0: So then, oh, they go and get Simmits. And hakan saves the children again. In case we were wondering whether he was a good guy or not,
1: I don't understand that story. To be honest, like, why is it so recurring?
0: I don't know. It's weird. Like, what? What is this connection? Like, is that guy going to come back again? The no, I don't. I don't think that guy, guy.
2: I don't think that guy comes back. But if you remember, he was in the first episode. He was afraid to get in a fight with him because he's this big, burly, right man. Right. Uh, even though I'm sure he really wanted to punch him in the face then too but he just like better not because he can I don't know he can kill me probably or you know hurt me more severely than I can hurt him but he's not a good fighter as we've seen you know without the help <laughs> of the shirt so I understand his, his reticence there and I think now that he had the shirt on and he saw this guy again and he's feeling pretty like high and mighty with yeah. his invincible status I think it was just co- kind of coming full circle to he had the right intentions I guess if attacking someone is the right intentions to begin with but he had the right intentions of (laughs) defending the kid and like standing up to this guy in the first episode but didn't have the muscle and now he has the muscle and he's gonna do what's right I don't know that's how I don't I I really don't remember that guy coming up again or that kind of you know very small time local villain type Mm -hmm. thing I feel like after this it's all gonna be the big bads but Mm -hmm. yeah that was neighborhood hero that makes sense
0: I do like the fact that Zeynep was so concerned with her chocolate civet that she just had no idea what was going on. She was just like, "I need this chocolate civet and you could go into that alleyway and there's screams, but it's fine. I don't care.
1: I, I never chocolate. knew there was chocolate simit. Like if I had known that, I would have eaten so many chocolate simits. <laughs> to be honest, well, I
0: always used I to get Nutella on mine.
1: Yeah, I think I like, thought it was like something like that.
0: Yeah, like they always have a tub of Nutella; they'll spread on it for you. Yeah. Delicious. Oh, memories. Yeah. I love them.: <laughs> So then they go to the university and they see the professor that's also her male mistress. I don't know what the word for that is, but there should be one.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, I was so convinced that that necklace was going to have the stone for the ring.
0: Oh my God, me too.
1: I was just waiting for it to light up me too I was so, like intrigued about all that
0: i mean first of all really weird for her boss to give her like a necklace to wear with her low-cut evening gown but yeah i i totally thought that she was gonna it was gonna light up and she was gonna be like whoa
1: only person wearing a full-length evening gown the rest of people are wearing cocktail attire so that was it was so
0: pretty though i loved that dress
1: yeah, she she and she's also very beautiful, but that confused me. That confused me a lot, to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I definitely thought that was the stone. Maybe it is the stone. I mean, she didn't, like, go up and touch either Mazar or Faisal.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I, if I liked that he ditched Zeynep for, for Layla. I feel like that's going to be a touchy subject in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really shitty. I didn't like that at all, like he needs to show some loyalty to Zaynab like yeah she's kind of cranky cantankerous person but she's like working on this very very important thing with you he should have gone with her and he was done working
1: i also didn't expect it like you know he's been so committed and he's like we need to find the immortal whatever like why aren't we finding him now like he's all mm-hmm. impatient why is he now not caring about that like Zaynab clearly did not want to go to that event and she went So, like, she definitely has something important to talk to you about.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I have a weird question about that sex scene at the end.
0: (laughs) Hit us. Let's go.
1: Is it like a a not showing women naked thing? Because, like, Hakan is, like, naked completely, and she's, like, fully dressed. That was kind of confusing to me. Because it's usually the other way around in most... (laughs) Like American movies and stuff,
0: like yeah, it's the woman true.
1: and the guys just like wearing a shirt or not wearing a shirt, but it's like not I don't know yeah, I don't know I don't know either. could be could be some
2: strange modesty principle that doesn't really make sense, given <laughs> that one party's completely naked
0: <laughs> as you what what university do you think that they were at? because it looked like kind of old and but they're not in the area that Boazichi would be in, so
1: I was wondering what you thought it was.
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's Istanbul University because it's on the historic peninsula, um, the main campus anyway. It's really close to Süleymaniye, really close to the Grand Bazaar, that white tower type structure that you mm-hmm. can see on, on top of the hill, right? I mean, if you're looking at, if you're on the Bosphorus, like on the water, looking at the, the hills of the historic peninsula, you can see that white tower coming up. And that's the, I think it's called the Bayezid Tower and the neighborhood is Bayezid. So they're, I, th- I think they're right around there, just because of the shots that were sh- there were shown around the university scenes, and it's an old, it's the oldest I think campus in Istanbul, so it would make sense.
0: Because the party looked to me like it was either in Dolmabahce or in Shiran Palace. Mm-hmm. It looked like maybe like I don't know Shiran, I guess, but
2: yeah, it could be at... or. I mean, there's the, uh, there's the hotel in the Shiran Palace. There's the Four Seasons right on the Bosphorus, not that mm-hmm. far away. I think there are a lot of potential fancy hotels on the water that it could have been filmed at, but I was or jealous. If of there
1: them. A Yelda, because it didn't look that yeah, big. It it and it looked like
2: it was. So, for yeah. our listeners, a Yelda is a, a big um, waterfront mansion that dates back usually to the Ottoman era. Although some newer constructions are called by the same name, they're usually quite old and a lot of ships used to run into them. That's very expensive. <laughs> thing. I think There's that happens There's a lot to us
0: of now. really traumatic stories about yes. ships running into Yalas, lots of like dead sheep in the water, and all sorts of like horrible <laughs> <laughs> stories. Yeah, read,
2: uh, read Istanbul by Orhan Pomuk for more horrific stories <laughs> of what is in the waters of the Bosphorus. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: We were talking about how we're kind of well. I thought when I was watching the episode that the necklace that Faisal Bey gave to Leila mm-hmm. had the like the stone was the ringstone.
0: Yeah, we both thought that.
1: What a great theory! Who knows if it's
2: true?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I never
2: thought of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well okay interesting it could be i guess
2: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah who knows i think you guys are onto something but probably not i don't know
0: but uh <laughs> first we have to check the vivar sinan turbesi
2: yes then we can be sure
0: then we can be sure
2: and a and a turbe is like a, how would we translate that a, a tomb or a mausoleum a something mausoleum, like that yeah yeah,
0: yeah. then they could be really really beautiful and old and pretty so nice places to visit never seen jewels hanging out in one but you never know
2: yeah we weren't looking hard enough I think yeah Um, apparently that minaret was mixed with some kind of diamond dust or whatever they were saying I loved that story that was such a fun story yeah did we mention in the recap that the mosque was Sudeimania not just some random mosque Okay.
0: No, well, we're mentioning
2: sorry.
0: it now. Yeah. <laughs> <It was Sullivan. laughs> I
2: think uh I think the largest <laughs> mosque in, in Islam, well one of not the largest probably anymore, just because so many have been made re- built recently, but for a long time I believe it was the largest. Although I, I Hagia Sophia was probably bigger when it was still a mosque, but or I guess it's again a mosque. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <point>. <laughs> oh God. Many emotions. <laughs>
0: So what's up with the stoner dude attacking everyone's favorite grandfather, Kamal?
1: Who the hell was that guy? He like is a ginger, like what, who is this person?
2: He is not ginger and he plays Fati in another Netflix original series about the Ottoman Empire. Sorry, <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> he plays oh
0: Fati? No. Yeah,
1: yes. <laughs> the oh, little stoner dude so with cool. the beanie?
2: yeah. <laughs> He cleaned up nice oh, in the past. That
1: guy is a ginger and has a ginger beard.
2: Totally not a ginger.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs>
2: if I like him, not possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Someone has um, a things against gingers. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed
0: like maybe he stabbed Zeynep in, like, the last – when, she, like, she was, like, screaming and Layla was orgasming at the same time
2: oh Oh, god did we need that scene i don't think we needed that scene i
0: loved (laughs) that that's like my favorite (laughs) thing in the show so far is that montage it was awesome
1: and i think it's it could be like a very heavy-handed reflection on how like pain and pleasure are so close (laughs) whoa but like wow i'm not
0: sure it meant to be that deep
2: you yeah, don't. I don't, I, I don't think yeah. the episode that had like ten different men hitting on Nadal was trying to say something profound about <laughs> the human condition and sex and all that.
1: Who You know, maybe I read too much into stuff. But <laughs> I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition. Like I've never seen that before.
0: Yeah. No. It was really. I thought it was really awesome. It was very exciting. What? Okay. <laughs> So the signs at the party said "Tari gan and I huh, I know what each of those words mean individually, but I don't know what yeah, it means as a phrase it means,
2: it means history is seeing the light of day. Oh. So they're bringing, they're bringing I guess they're shedding light on history, I don't know. But literally it means history is seeing the light of day. So I, it implies that they're going to uncover like through this restoration new things, I guess, or they oh. think they will.
0: Okay, that's exciting.
2: Yeah, and the necklace necklace gem is definitely not the (laughs)
0: ringstone. Hey! (laughs) Come on, we were looking for a gem the whole episode, and then he gives her a gem? I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I see no other purpose for him giving her that gem. Like, honestly, what's the point? He's just being a creepy old man. Like, what the fuck is the point of him Is that
2: not enough? I mean well they're probably just gonna lay that on you in the next step so are like oh you thought there was something going on here nope
1: just sexism <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, god you know it's 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 hard sometimes when you're watching certain types of media and you see kind of like those tropes or like archetypes that in real life would honestly be like earth shattering like if your boss gave you a freaking necklace and like while he was telling you to date more yeah i, I Honestly, if that happened to me in real life, I would die on the spot. I would just, I don't know what I would do, but it would be the most horrible, like the most uncomfortable and difficult to navigate situation. Yeah, it would be awful.
0: Is it, I guess we learned that when uh, Tekken was going around whining to everyone,
1: Mm -hmm. we learned
0: that his boss is also on the take, like the police captain or whatever. So I'm wondering if that's going to be Mazar's next henchman worker bee dude or if Mazar is done dealing with the police but I feel like even though Tekken was very annoying and whiny he was pretty useful and I thought it was kind of weird that he decided to kill him so early in our relationship with the
1: two of them I think it's just part of his character development I guess then he
0: whips himself and kills his friends <laughs> it's rough. I was surprised yeah. that he didn't kill him right there in the apartment I was like oh god don't let him creep up behind
1: you. The, the other thing that was weird is when Faisal sees Zainab, he, like, makes a face indicating that he has some interest in her or, like, oh. he's curious about her or, like, knows who she is or something. What is that about?
0: Well, she also was, like, very underdressed, so I don't know if he was just insulted by her casual dress code. But maybe he does know who they are. I don't know. It's possible.
1: I feel like, I don't know, that whole thing was kind of like, I feel like it was setting up for then, like, this guy to connect something that he saw, like, ten years ago and realized that she's one of the loyal ones. or
0: something. Maybe. Oh, and then we haven't mentioned the journalist who really oh, yeah. didn't do anything, but he kind of threatened Hakan and um, said, like, I'll be seeing more of you.
1: Right. Kind of weird. That was weird. But I, I feel like it's it's quite typical like for them for there to be like another party that kind of comes to reveal secrets and at the same time like stirs the pot more and kind of adds like circles to the whole plot, like so the so it doesn't unravel as quickly. True.
0: All right. So should we transfer over to our history section? Today, in our history section, we're going to talk a little bit about Mimar Sinan, who is one of my favorite figures from Ottoman history. Mimar literally means architect, so architect Sinan, he was the most famous and prolific architect of the Ottoman period. He is responsible for the Suleymaniye Mosque, which we visited in this episode, and more than 300 major structures across Turkey that are still standing. Him and his apprentices have left a huge impact on the architecture of the Ottoman period and of modern Turkey as well. So, he started out life as a janissary, which was a conscription force uh, within the Ottoman Empire where boys were uh, drafted and then taught certain skills or joined the military. And he was a military engineer for most of his career. And then at the age of 50, he was appointed the chief royal architect. His masterpiece is the Selimiye Mosque in Edirne, which I never got to visit, but I really would love to. In Istanbul, his most famous work is the Suleymaniye Mosque, which is actually my favorite mosque in Istanbul. I think it's really beautiful. He was as he knows more about literature than I do, but his his workshop and him himself were featured in My Name Is Red by Orhan Pamuk, which was a fun window into that world.
2: And we got a visit to Süleymaniye Mosque, although not a view of the interior because I think they were right when Hakan and Zeynep showed up on the grounds. The call to prayer started, and I was so worried that they were just gonna waltz in there because like oh they don't let you do that during the call to prayer unless you're waltzing in there to pray. Also, if you're a woman, like you're not gonna walk in the, although well, you may walk in the same door, you're not gonna like end up in the same part anyway.
0: I was also uh, really excited that they were gonna take us up in the minaret, but they just yeah, kind of showed them closing the door. <laughs> yeah, that was that was also
2: disappointing, but it was it, it was cool that they. I mean, they really are trying trying their hardest to work in all the landmarks, so mm-hmm. they worked that one in, and I think a lot of tourists miss that because miss the uh, because it's not kind of in that Sultan Ahmed square area where everything mm-hmm. is walking distance. I mean I would say this is still walking distance. It's like a um,
0: 15 minute walk from yeah. where the Hagia Sophia is.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely doable as part of your, you know, few days in Istanbul trip if you're even if you're not there for a long time. But a lot of people I think just don't prioritize as much because it's not quite as underfoot as the other mosques in the historic peninsula. But one, the view is spectacular because it's on top of that big hill it's it itself is so large you're kind of further elevated just by being on the grounds and the inside is this really beautiful pink marble that I can't remember where they got it from but I mean it's it's a rare color and everything like that, that probably it's absolutely gorgeous it's very understated for you know a grand kind of royal or imperial mosque but still still very lovely and and elegant so I also I would say enjoy it the most out of the. I I don't know if I don't know if I've been to enough of the really famous old mosques, to have a clear cut favorite. But I agree as the one out of the ones I've seen, it's definitely, the one I enjoy going back to most. And there are often really cute kittens on the on the ground. So that's
0: (laughs) oh yeah, because you're really lacking seeing cats. Yes, there are no cats anywhere else in Istanbul. (laughs) (laughs) He was born in. Around fourteen ninety, and he died around fifteen eighty eight. So, sixteenth century did most of his work.
2: And he was he worked under a few sultans, right? I mean, I think yeah, mostly like
0: three three Sudeiman. sultans or something. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely he wasn't getting fired anytime soon.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he built he built a oh sorry his apprentices designed a bridge in Bosnia, mm-hmm. which is cool
1: international it, it, I guess it could also like it would also be interesting to just briefly very briefly touch upon like Suleiman and who he was cuz he's also like one of the most well-known i guess sultans in in on um, Ottoman history like Suleiman the Magnificent he um was one of the sultans who actually expanded the empire the most and like had one of the like probably the height of the Ottoman Empire and he actually almost captured Vienna, which is also kind of a milestone both in Ottoman history and in European history. Because from the European perspective, like they felt like the the Muslims were like on their neck, like they really were about to take the whole continent. And, and they had been so successful in kind of conquering and maintaining large expanses of land at a time when kind of Europe was divided in all of these little principalities that constantly were fighting with each other over land and that's part of the reason why you know the ottoman empire could get so far in that siege of vienna was so impactful for a lot of those european empires that or like principalities that i guess that's what prevented suleiman and, and future ottoman sultans from being able to, to get further into into the continent and hopefully on this podcast, we'll eventually watch a little bit of The Magnificent Century, which is a Turkish TV show about Suleiman. which actually, I think Cardi B tweeted about it the other day. She did.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. an amazing show, but unfortunately it's just on YouTube right now. So hopefully it'll come to a streaming service and we can do it.
1: Yeah, but you, I mean, you can watch it on YouTube, like with, with pretty good quality, right? I think I tried.
2: Are there subtitles?
1: I think uh, that's the main concern sure. YouTube.
2: I'm not sure, yeah.
0: Cardi that B found handle. subtitles somewhere, but yeah. you know.
1: But it's it's super interesting because, you know, a lot of I guess what has been talked about the Ottoman Empire in Western culture is a little bit about the harem system and like it's been very discussed and like sensationalized, I guess would be the word, or like where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, like, look at that, like, they just have a, a bunch, he just has a bunch of women, and, like, he just had to- has kids with all of them, and whatever, which, I mean, it's not, like, the monarchs in Europe didn't do the same thing, except, like, they just didn't recognize all the children they just had out of wedlock, whatever, but it's it's a very interesting system, and, and uh, Suleiman had, like, some some very interesting wives, like, who, um, you know, controversial in her own right, but it's it's interesting to learn the stories of of all these women who actually you know some of them even had have, had have, have like very active roles in in Ottoman court and everything so it's that's what i personally enjoyed from the few episodes that i watched
2: and suleyman and huram both get lots of visitors at suleymaniye mosque cuz their mausoleums are on the grounds and there are just so many people who aren't turkish taking photos of the of both of the mausoleums, Williams, they're very excited to, to see their favorite TV stars.
0: <laughs> Mimar Sinan is also featured in Elif Shafak's novel, The Architect's Apprentice, which I think I started, but I didn't finish. <laughs> Any other thoughts about Mimar Sinan?
2: <laughs> I think one thing that always comes to mind when I think about him, especially as the architect of so many impressive and significant mosques, is that he was not born a Muslim, he was definitely a devshirme, which is uh, someone who was taken into, you know, as Sami already said, either the Janissary forces or some kind of, you know, Ottoman military force, yeah, conscription, yeah. taken in, converted to Islam. Uh, the reason that this system was used was because these men who were conscripted were taken at a very young age, essentially raised by whichever military service was taking them in and converted them to Islam and circumcised them, etc. So they were essentially raised, so they're loyal, they don't have one a fear of death because they're leaving any kind of family behind, and they don't feel any sense of loyalty to anyone but the, the institution that raised them. So the one that took Sinan in was the, was the Janissary Corps, and that was, as Sami said, a military, I think they were infantrymen, elite infantrymen specifically. So they were palace guards. They also led a number of revolts against various sultans. So they were super <laughs> super influential, very well armed, very well trained, pretty dangerous. Like every Sultan kind of knew he had to keep his Janissaries happy. But Sinan obviously didn't didn't make a career out of the military. He demonstrated other talents and set up his workshop and another interesting fact that I just ver- verified because I didn't want to say it if it was totally made up the architect of the Sultan Ahmed mosque was his one of his apprentices so he also helped cultivate other other talent and at at, in his era young talent I just not not young to us anymore but uh, who left behind their own masterpieces so without his legacy we would be missing a lot of the architectural treasures in istanbul or throughout the former ottoman empire
0: yeah awesome and do we know where his turbe is i think it's
2: i think it's right it by suramanya yeah that's uh, right it's it's like a, it's like two minutes i think walking distance because the mosque is a giant complex so there's multiple entrances i think it's right by one of the gates okay. to go into the mosque
1: grounds
0: Cool. And it says he decided himself, which is a little creepy, but also cool.
1: Across the street, name Mimar Sinan Jadusif in his honor. Fun fact slash not a fun fact.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, with that, should we transfer into our WTF Hakan slash WTF everyone section? for today is is very very sadly zero and was for last week too so i'm really concerned about the future of the crying counter. i don't think anything traumatic happened hakon got laid so like we're not gonna see crying anytime soon i think sadly yeah
1: I mean, very sad.
0: he needs
2: there. to he can't hold his emotions in like this it's not healthy he needs to start crying I Agree,
0: again. and I'm he's probably like overhydrated.
2: hydrated probably yeah that's right.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. you want to start so, us off with WTF, Sophia?
1: Yeah, my, my WTF is, is definitely him ditching Zaynep for for Leila. I did not like that. That made me very upset. And it's sad because, like, it's going to have consequences. And yeah, I, I like
0: literally it. wrote on my WTF notes ditching Zaynep for Leila. That was... Not cool at all. I also thought that in the beginning of the episode when he was like, oh, it's totally Mazar, let's go stab him. And Zaynep needed to be like, well, we can't just stab him until we're sure. Can we please be sure first? And he was like, no, let's just go stab him. That was not chill.
1: Well, he has no chill. That we know.
2: At
0: That's least. true.
2: I don't really have a true WTF. Uh, what you guys call that was very good. I didn't even note those, but... What I really got annoyed with this episode in terms of his behavior was, at the, again, at the very beginning when he shows up to the cistern where Kemah and Zeynep live, apparently, he's got his toast, his grilled cheese and oh, he's just yeah. it. So he's eating it so slowly. I'm like the world's fastest eater and he was eating it so slowly and being so smug about. And his mouth was
0: open, and he was talking. It was really, yeah. It
2: was so (laughs) off-putting. I was like, you idiot, you just learned how this shit works, like, two days ago. You can't fight. Like, the only reason you're not just, like, a pile of broken bones and torn clothes after, you know, your confrontations with Zaynep is because you're wearing that damn shirt under all of it. So, why are you so smug? You don't deserve it. I got really mad. And I, wanted his, I wanted his sandwich. That was my other problem yeah. because it looked really good. Mm-hmm. And he was taking 10 years to eat it. And that's, <laughs> yeah, I was just really – I don't think I've gotten this worked up about a WTF scene since we started this podcast. Wow. It really, it really made me mad.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's serious. Finding words from Eski. All right, so that wraps up this episode of Turkish TV Time. I hope everyone listening enjoyed it and also best wishes for Zeynep not being stabbed to death uh, in the cistern. <laughs> We're really worried for her. She needs to go back to snarking at Layla very yes. soon. So
2: Yes, we want more petty women arguments for no reason.
0: Yeah. Because apparently yeah. that's a plot device. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys.